Today, by show of hands, how many of you remember your first car that you ever had? Come on, can I see your hands? Yes. I mean, everybody remembers that. Some of you are like, I'm still driving it, and I'm 50 years of age, or whatever. You know, some of you are like, I'm not old enough to even have a car yet. Well, you will one day. Put your hand back up if that car was a lemon. It was just a beater. Who had one of those? Yeah. I mean, you remember those things. So turn to your neighbor next to you and tell them what your first car was. Come on, you remember it? Year, make, model, color, all those things. Wow, yes. It's amazing. Never heard of that car. Wow. Yes. Thank you for sharing. Don't you feel better that you shared your first car? Somebody that was next to you. Well, I had a 1974 Ford Capri, like, like, like a Ford Pinto Sport, you know? And uh, yeah, but because of that car, I learned many valuable life lessons. One, responsibility, because it broke down often. All right, you know what I'm talking about there? Second, I learned humility because it was ugly brown in color. Yeah, like, like the color was chick repellent brown. The chick's like, I don't want nothing to do with your car. and nothing to do with you. That car is ugly. They ran from it, all right? But, you know, sometimes our kids get our cars passed down to them, and what a gift. I mean, that's amazing. And then your child starts driving, and they quickly get the revelation that, that they have to put gas in that car. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. And so nobody likes to be on empty, right? We don't want to be on empty driving around. Then your car start your kids start talking about money that it takes to fill the tank and they can't believe how much the car uses in gas. Oh my goodness. And they're like, "Are you going to give me the gas money or should I talk to mom?" You know what I'm saying? You know, like, you know, which one of you are going to give me the gas money? So there, there are so many things in our life that are screaming for our attention in, in our world. And there are things like activities and choices and change and work and debt and worries and information and the pace of life. And some of you are feeling those things right now. So much pressure. You know, one of the most common complaints that I hear today is this. I'm overloaded. I am just overloaded. I can't get it all done. I can't even catch up. I do need a break. Overload. We're often overloaded from too many activities. But how can you conserve and reserve your fuel that you have in your life? How can you conserve it? How can you reserve it? If you're a parent with kids in school or getting ready to start, you know what I'm talking about. You are chauffeuring them back and forth, maybe to school, it's to sports, or whatever it may be. There are too many choices in our world. We get overloaded, too much work, debt, worries, and it's amazing because the internet adds to it. It can be a great catalyst from the media, though. It can be too overwhelming. And uh, the pace of life and the speed of life has just gotten faster and faster. So how overloaded are we today? Well, a couple stats here. People today sleep two and a half fewer hours on average each night than they did 100 years ago. Amazing. So we're getting less sleep. The average work week in America is actually longer than it was in the 1960s. So that's kind of crazy. We're, we're working longer hours. We're getting this less sleep. The average worker, they did a study. 
that said that 36 hours of work is piled up on average, in the average worker's desk, and they spend three hours a week just sorting through it to find different things on their desk. We're chronically rushed, we're chronically late, we're chronically exhausted, and maybe you felt like Job because he said this, Job 3.26, I have no peace, I have no quiet, I have no rest, and trouble keeps coming. That sounds like overload, right? And I know Pastor Mike launched us into this series called Margin last week. Can you say the word margin? Margin. And living with a margin in our life. And today I want to talk to you about making space in your life for really what matters. So my goal is to lower your stress and to increase your peace of mind today. Now, I know there's many definitions, but let's just use margin as a working definition that says it's the space between my load and my limits. Margin is the space between the load that I have and the limits, my load and my limits. In other words, what I've got to do, my responsibilities, how much energy and effort and whatever else I need to get it done, my load and my limits, the space between them. So having margin is really like having some breathing room in your life that you have some reserves in your life. God wants you to have that. So now you need margin in every area. We have to understand that every area of your life needs margin. You need margin physically. You need it spiritually, emotionally, and you need it financially. And we're going to look at some of these things in this series. And so we just ask you, don't miss out on this series so that you can create space for what really, really matters. So in this series, we're going to look at many benefits of living with a margin. So let me give you a few of those today, just as we begin as way of introduction. The benefits of living with margin. A first benefit, you'll have a healthier mind if you build margin in your life. You will have a healthier mind if you'll build the margin in. You won't be hurried and worried all the time. You'll have more peace of mind. Your thinking will improve, and you'll have more time to think as well. Second, you will have a healthier body. You know, unrelenting stress actually harms your body. Your body needs downtime to repair itself. That's one of the purposes of the Sabbath. So I'm talking to people today in this room that understand the Sabbath. You're here, and God's commanded it, and you have done it today. You know, in high-performance race cars, they schedule spit pit stops, not spit stops, but pit stops for crew repairs. If you and I are going to live a high-performance life, you're going to have to schedule pit stops for margin and for repairs. You and I can't fix anything going 200 miles an hour, not just true in uh, race cars, but in our own life as well. A third benefit, you'll build margin in your life. We're going to teach you in the weeks ahead, you're going to have healthier relationships because relationships take time and meaningful relationships really do take time that is much needed in our life, that we have to stop skimming relationally. Listen, families that live without margin have more conflict. It's a symptom. It's a sign of what is going on is so much deeper in us. One more. The fourth benefit, you'll be available for God to use. God can use you when you have margin in your life. Do you believe that? You believe that? 
When you're overloaded, the only thing you can think of is survival mode. We go to survival mode. We go to overdrive. And uh, then you have nothing to give. You're too busy to care. You're too busy to serve. You're too busy to hear from God. Some of you, if God wanted to call you with some good news right now, he'd get a busy signal in your life because you are so busy. You're not taking the time to listen for the voice of God, and he is speaking. So we want to create margin, less stress, more peace of mind, because it's available, God says, through his word, if we will obey his commands. So we got to create space and slow the pace of our lives. So today, I want to look at our steps in this. What are some steps in living with a margin in our life. The first one, number one, I must accept my human limitations. Can somebody say limitations? I've got to remind myself that I'm not God. How many of you woke up in prayer this morning and reminded yourself that you're not God? Did you do that? Or did you go 200 miles an hour right from the get-go today saying, I'm going to do all of this and I've got to get this done? Or did you remind yourself that you have limitations, and I do as well. I'm not even a superhero. How about you? No. The truth is we secretly think that the rules don't apply to us, that we're invincible, and that we can keep going, going, going. The truth is we are human, and you are not indestructible. The Bible says, look at this, Psalm 119.96. I have learned that everything has what? Limits. I have learned that everything has limits. Have you learned that, that your time has limits, right? Your money's limited, your wisdom is limited, your energy is limited, everything in your life is limited. Now, you know why we don't believe that? It's because we live in a culture that says the exact opposite of this. We live in a culture that says there are no limits, and that is a lie. That is an absolute lie. It's a lie we believe in movies. It's a lie we believe in books. It's a lie we read about on the internet. You know, there's never been a bestseller titled Your Limited Life. Nobody would buy it. That's why they put out there The Unlimited Life. Everybody buys it. New York Times bestseller. No, instead, all the bestsellers, you, you can be anything, right? You have no limits. Live a limitless life. Well, let me tell you something. You can't be anything. That's just not true. You're never going to sing in the Metropolitan Opera, no matter how much you desire it, pray for it, and set a goal for it. Can you fly like a bird? My wife said no. That's one person. Believe no, you can't. Okay. You can't do anything. It's a lie. But you can only do what God has created for you to do. Do you believe that? See, that's what's the the truest part of that. You can do what God has created you to do. Can we go six months without eating anything? No. Now, those limitations, human limitations, where do you think they came from? They came from God, the author of life. Human limitations came from God. He is the author of them. He intentionally gave you limits for your own good for your own protection, and he knows best. So if you ignore those limitations, you are going to be hurt by them. Now, unfortunately, we're not very adept at at, uh, knowing our limits. We really aren't. We always overestimate our abilities, 
And, and let me just quickly say a couple of limitations we, we need to accept, that we have physical limitations. We have physical limitations. You can't swim to Hawaii today, okay? We have. You, can, you, you, can, you can, cannot go without sleep for a week. You have a limited amount of energy, and that's, by the way, energy management is more important than time management. We all have the same amount of time, but we all do not have the same amount of energy. Also, we have emotional limits. And these are harder to identify in our lives, but they're very important. You need to identify what are the emotional limits inside of you. And uh, that we have to understand emotional limits affect our relationships. They do. You've got your emotional limits, but physically, by the way, you might not be able to carry 10 people, but you may be able to carry one person physically. If I'd say, can you carry this person, this one person, into the hospital, you might carry one, but you couldn't carry 10 people at the same time. You wouldn't even try to carry 10 people physically. How many people are you trying to carry emotionally right now? How many people are you trying to carry emotionally? The stuff that they're going through. Oh, we think we can do it. I see Christians all the time. I think I can do this. I've got a big heart. I can do all of this. Before you know it, they're burned out. No, we can't. There's a point to draw a line emotionally in that we have limits. Then we have mental limits. There's a limit to how much information that you and I can handle. And how much we can even process. We can overload and we do every day because of media, internet, whatever it may be. And what happens is our minds start shutting down. Scientists are studying this right now. The damage to our minds and to our attention span. That's why you and I need a filter. We need a filter in our lives. We have limitations. We have time limitations. Job 14 verse 5. Our time is limited. You, God have given us only so many months to live, and you have set the limits that we cannot go beyond. You and I, our day will never have more than 24 hours, so you and I have, you and I have time limits. You know, we understand this very well by our, our phones, our cell phones, that uh, when the battery starts dying, 20%, it starts warning you. 10, you know, it's warning you. you what, what do you have to do? You have to plug it in. And you know if you don't plug it in, it's going to die. And now, you may think that you personally don't have any warning lights that start blinking at 5%, but you do, and I'm going to talk about those really quick. In fact, you may have warning lights that are blinking right now that you're not even knowing that they are happening. Pain is a warning light in your life. Pain is a warning light. Cell phones that I hear going off are warning lights. <laughs> Stress is a warning light. Fatigue is a warning light. Irritability is a big warning light that you're way beyond your margin. Apathy, you stop caring. A couple weeks ago before vacation, I turned to Chris and said, I don't care. She said, yes, you do. I said, no, I don't. <laughs> I said it. At that point, I was like, 
I'm done. Why? Because I have limitations. You have limitations. There's apathy that comes in there in the loss of enthusiasm, the loss of joy. These are warning lights that you've hit your limit. So step one is to recognize as a human being, I have limitations, and you have to be okay with that. Step two, if you're going to live a life of margin, ask myself, what drives me to overload my life? What drives you to overload your life? You're going to need to have some honest evaluation at this point. You're going to have to get real honest. Why? Now, the Bible has a lot to say about motivation, okay? The Bible tells us that people overwork for many different reasons. Some people overwork out of insecurity. Some people work out of fear. Some people, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, overwork out of envy of others in what they have. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 8 says this, some people are never satisfied with what they own and they never stop working to get more. They should ask themselves, why am I always working to have more? What a senseless and miserable life. If you and I are going to have margin, we're going to have to ask ourselves the tough questions. Third step, expect problems and delays. Now, I'm talking about life in general here. You're going to have to expect problems and delays because they happen, and we have to expect them, and we know that there's going to be problems and delays, but we don't act like there's going to be problems and delays, do we? We don't. We don't. We, we don't. So, you know, uh, you know there's going to be traffic. You're already late. You know there's going to be traffic. There could be a fender bender along the way. It's bump and go traffic. And, you know, airlines actually build in margin in their flights, Right? An hour flight of airline is always listed as an hour and a half to account for delays and problems at the terminal. And this one, my family knows very, very well that if you're on the highway or the interstate and you're in the left-hand lane, by the way, that is called the hammer lane. And if you are in the hammer lane going slow, get to the right because there's others of us that want to hammer down, baby. Right on. I've prayed for people very strongly in the left-hand lane, <laughs> right? Move to the right. Please. Please do us a favor. Please. Right. Get in the right-hand lane. It's so important, though. Jesus even said, hey, you're going to have trouble, John 16, 33, in the world. You will have trouble. So why are we surprised when this happens? We should expect problems. We should expect delays. You've got to expect them. Part of living on a margin involves thinking ahead as well. That's wise. Proverbs 22 verse 3 says, Sensible people will see trouble coming and avoid it, but an unthinking person will walk right into it and later regret it. You've got to plan ahead, and if you do that, it will help lower the stress in your life. Expect problems and delays. It's going to happen, okay? Fourth, add buffer space. In my schedule, you got to add buffer space in your schedule. You got to do that. It's it's unplanned time. You you don't fill up everything in your schedule. You shouldn't. If you do, you build in some buffer zones. You build in some downtime. Don't expect somebody else to do this for you. I've told my staff. They know I say this and remind them often as I remind myself. Take your vacation time. Take your personal days, because if you don't take it, nobody else will. 
You need to be okay with taking your vacation time. I guess in the first service, I really helped somebody out. They were feeling guilty that they're getting ready to go on vacation, and they've got so much to do that rather than they came out of the, uh, the sermon at a first service and got an understanding that, hey, I feel better about this. I've earned the vacation time. I'm taking some time off, and I'm going to recuperate, and I'm going to re-energize. Yes, you need to give yourself permission to do this, and you will be better for it, and so will your family and your coworkers. We need to understand that. We have to provide a buffer space in our schedules and in our lives. Um, we should have margin in our budgets, Shouldn't we? Everybody should live on a budget, that's for sure. Always pay God first, that's the tithe, and you pay yourself, that's your savings. Then, then the rest of the money you give to what you feel like you should do to better yourself or other things, you pay God first, you pay yourself second, and that should be true with your time as well. You give God the first of your time, and you get the second part of that to help re-energize and refresh you and spend time with God, and then whatever time's left, it's going to help encourage you and strengthen you, and you use it for commitments and other things. You need to leave some empty pages and some buffer zone inside of your daily schedule. You need to do this. Don't cram your schedule full every hour with activities, right? By the way, you know the worst offenders of this are often doctors and contractors. They overbook patients or they overbook clients. They don't leave any room uh, or margin for error. Then you end up waiting in the waiting room. Psalm 127.2. It is senseless. It's senseless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, fearing that you're starved to death. That's fear. That's a cause, the cause of work, workaholism. For God wants his loved ones to get proper what? Rest. God loves you so much that he wants you to uh, get margin in your life and to provide that buffer space inside there so that you will have proper rest. We, you and I need proper rest to do what God's called us to do. Isn't that true? So true. Listen, the faster you go, the more margin you need in your life. The faster and the pace that's faster, you're going to have to add in more margin, more buffer, inside of your life to be able to get the things done that God has called you to do. Not less, but more margin. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 15. Only someone too stupid to find his way home would wear himself out with work. I love that, don't you? In today's English version, that's so true. What the Bible is saying is life is an absolute journey. It's not this quick sprint. It's getting out there. It's not about speed. It's not about how fast you live. It's about how well you live. That means you have to live on a margin. Fifth, prune my activities regularly. Prune my activities regularly. We have to do this. For those of you that are into gardening, you understand that. You have to prune it for it to blossom or something to give you more fruit for it to look beautiful and continue to bloom, you have to understand that. So the answer is the bush will be healthier. You will have more blooms. You want your life to bloom? You have to prune it often. 
This applies to every area of your life. Every, every year of our lives, we're sprouting new activities, right? But you can't keep adding new stuff without taking old stuff off. You got too many things going on then. And you can't be productive, and you surely can't blossom, and you can't burn the candle at both ends. You're not as bright as you think you are, and neither am I. So you periodically prune for greater fruitfulness in your life. So, so I want to encourage you today and in this fall with activities that I do believe that this series is coming at the right time, that we really felt early in the year that God was saying, hey, this is a series that you should do right here because we're headed into another very busy season with all of our lives, the schools and campuses and things go, go back online and Parents are going to be busy, the running and all that, sports, the fall, all of those things, that here is something that my staff knows that I not only ask myself, but I ask them, all right, ask this question. I say, hey, don't tell me what you're adding. Tell me what you're subtracting from your life. So don't tell me that you're just adding, adding, adding. What are you subtracting from your life? What are you subtracting from your ministry so that it will bloom and it will blossom? That can happen, but you and I are going to have to cut some things out. The book of John talks about pruning. As we look in the margins of our life, you have to know Jesus talked about that. You know, it's easy for us to cut back, you know, on things that are dead and dying in our lives, right? Oh, that, that's, that's, that's easy, right? But you got to build some white space in there. you got to build some margin in there. And you have to cut back on some living branches as well. Ecclesiastes 3.6. There are several verses inside of this to talk about this. But verse 6, there's a time to keep things and there's a time to throw things away. What do you need to throw away today? What activity do you need to stop? You need to throw it away. You need to prune it, and you need to cut it back. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, second half. We should remove from our lives anything that would get in the way in the sin that so easily holds us back. Sin, yes, that should be cut off. He's saying that. But also it's a greater reference to what are the things that keep holding you back from God's best you need to cut that off, and you need to trim that from your life so that you can grow and you can bloom in this season that God is giving to you. You know, Paul says this, that, that is so true. He says in 1 Corinthians 6, 12, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. In Christ, you and I have freedom. It's permissible, but it's not always beneficial. What the verse is saying is really simple. Some things are not necessarily wrong, but they're just not necessary. They're just not necessary. Like, like you know, there's 50 things to do, and you've got only time to do 20. You, you, you've got to say no to 30 other things. And, and it's easy to say no to the activities you hate, right? That's easy. I, I, don't, I hate doing that. Well, that's gone. Well, Okay, great, right? And so, no, I'm not going to have the root canal, right? That's easy. That's gone, right? Well, later on, it's going to come back and get you. I'm not going to get the colonoscopy, 
You know, I'm just not going to get it. You know, I'm sorry. You know, this is a big sacrifice. I just went through my third colonoscopy because my mother had colon cancer, and so I've just gone through my third to do those uh, periodic checks. Now, I do not love colonoscopies because those of you that had it, you know about the prep work. <laughs> colon cleanser, right? Colon, it's, it's not pretty, but you should do it because, uh, you know, I'm doing that for the betterment, though, of my life to make sure that my colon, you know, is staying clean for my family, for my church family, for things like that, that I'm trying to do everything that I can. You know, I'm not going to pay my taxes. I shouldn't do that anymore. No, you should. You're going to be get in trouble. It's more difficult to say no to the things you enjoy. Look at what Joshua says, Joshua 7, 13. Some of you are keeping things God commanded you to destroy. You will never defeat your enemies until you throw those things away. What are the idols in your life today? What are the idols in your schedule? What are the idols in your budget? I have to buy this. I have to do this. I have to look this way. People around me are, wow, the person next door. I have to spend time on this. I just have to watch this. I've got to do it. You may just need to throw it away. Number six, walk with Jesus and learn. If you want to lower the stress that you have, you need to get very acquainted with Jesus and learn. Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30 is one of the most powerful passages on stress relief in the whole entire Bible. And I love how it says it here. Are you tired? Jesus says this. Are you tired? He's asking. Are you worn out today? Are you burned out? What's the answer? Come to me. Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, walk with him. He's saying, and learn, and learn. Walk with me and, and work with me. Watch how I do it. You know, we don't have any example of Jesus running in Scripture. He was always at the right time and at the right place. Goes on to say, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. That's a beautiful phrase, that you and I would learn the unforced rhythms of God's grace today. And that's what we hope that you will do as uh, we learn together in this series. He says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. And Jesus says, if you keep company with me, he says, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly, right? You'll learn, as, as you spend time with me, you're going to be more free. You're, you're going to be lighter. It's not going to be as heavy upon you, the burden, the stress, all those things in our lives that keep holding us back. So this morning... As I went to Version and I'm doing a 30-day study, and I pick a different one and all those things. But in this day, today, in my, my study, I went, I opened up. I don't look ahead. Some of you may look ahead. I don't look ahead. I'm just like, okay, God, I'm expecting this word to be from you. And this morning, in my devotion time, I opened it up, and the first word in the, ti- the, words in the title said, unforced rhythm. Wow. God, you're speaking to me. You're saying something to John Miller. At this moment, I'm about ready to preach on this, and it's in my devotion. God is speaking to you. 
the unforced rhythm. Appreciate Tori and our worship team today that took the time out in our worship time just to not force the rhythm. They, they, it was unforced today, just allowing God to speak. And, and do. Some of you are like, I don't know what to do when we're not really saying the words or whatever. Well, that's an unforced rhythm of God's grace. And just drink in what God is saying to you. Lift up your hands and, and worship him and let him speak to you. God is speaking right now. Some of you are so busy you can't hear God speak. You have so much stress. You feel so heavy. You're not light. You want to be light? You want to be free? Spend time with the Lord. Spend time. Listen to him. So this is going to be an important series. It started last week with Pastor Mike and our church as we're going to learn to live with margin. And I hope you'll be here every week. We really need this series in us. And you know, one of the benefits actually of living it an overloaded life, there's just one benefit to it, eventually forces us to trust God more if we'll allow it because you're going to come to the end of your rope. You're going to recognize your limitations one way or another. So we can either look up to God or God can put you flat on your back and then you'll look up to him. You know that? Some of you are like, oh, it's not scripture. Well, Psalm 23. God says, I'll make you lie down in green pastures. I've had it happen to me. God's like, nope. The body gives out eventually. Seem to keep up. Oh, that's of the devil. Well, no, not everything's of the devil. Some things are of God's doing to get your attention. Because he wants to speak to you and he loves you. And what we have to realize is God's pace is perfect. God's pace is perfect in your life and in mine. Amen. I'm going to pray for you in this series. Would you pray for me that we as a church will stay in the unforced rhythms of God's grace? Let's do that as we move ahead into end of the summer and through this fall. Amen. Let's pray. Father, We've lived without margin in our lives for so long. We can hardly remember what it's like not to feel fatigued, not to feel pressured all the time. But God, we don't want to stay there. Father, I pray for this church. I pray for this flock. I pray for everybody here today, everybody listening. I pray that you will give every person hearing my words to courage to take these just steps to bring balance and sanity back into our lives and our schedules and our relationship with you, Father. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, if you just sense God today speaking to you and you're just saying, you know what, God, I'm tired of living this pace and I can't continue to live this another day, another week, another semester, but you sense God's really speaking to you. Can I just see your hands in all honesty today that God's just speaking to you? A number of hands are being raised. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Would you, just, would you just take this moment between you and the Lord and just say, you know, Father, I'm tired of being rushed. I'm tired of being exhausted. I need your help to get out of this mess. Help me to recognize and accept my limitations 
ask the tough questions. Why I'm so driven to overwork and to fill my schedule and overbook it. Help me to put some space in my schedule. Father, I need breathing room. I need margin in my life. I can't do it. I need your wisdom. And that I don't want to waste my life. Father, we don't want to waste our life. Give us courage today to say no to the wrong things and the courage to say yes to the right things. Father, we pray this humbly. In your powerful name we pray. And everyone said, amen.